It was a day like any other in Wyoming. As a park ranger, my job was as routine as it came patrolling, maintaining, and ensuring the safety of the park's wildlife and visitors. My name's Bernie, by the way. That evening, I decided to take a walk through a cornfield. I often went bow hunting in my free time, so naturally, I had my bow and arrows with me. The cornfield was silent, except for the rustle of the corn stalks dancing in the breeze. The sun was setting, casting long, eerie shadows that blanketed the field. Suddenly, I felt an odd sensation like I wasn't alone. It was a primal instinct, that gut feeling of being watched. As I turned around, I came face to face with a huge creature that towered over me. I gasped, my heart pounding in my chest. The creature stood upright like a man but covered in thick, matted hair. Its eyes were intense, almost human. I realized then that I was looking at what can only be described as Bigfoot. Fear gripped me, but instinct took over. I reached for my bow and let an arrow fly. It struck the creature square in the chest. With a monstrous roar, it fell to the ground. Slowly, I approached the fallen beast, my heart hammering in my chest. But as I neared, the body just vanished. One moment it was there, the next it was as if it had never existed at all. Dumbfounded and terrified, I sprinted back home. My wife, seeing the ashen color of my face, commented that I looked as white as a cloud. I could barely stammer out what had happened. That evening changed me. Every rustle in the trees, every shadow in the field, I wondered if the creature was watching. This is a story I heard a few years ago from my flatmate at the time. I won't be able to elaborate on details, but will try to recall from my memory as best as I can. Happened in Hungary. P.S. English is not mine, nor his first language so sorry if there are discrepancies in government institutions or anything else. His dad was a hunter, so took him hunting quite a lot. And if memory serves me right, Dad was employed by something like National Guard, so not someone who's easily scared. Anyway, this one night they are out flatmate around 10 at the time and camped in the meadow near forest, early autumn so not too cold. At some point, while having dinner they heard rustling in the nearby woods, not surprising a lot of wildlife around can't recall the in-between, but eventually they went to investigate. They spotted a wild boar and Dad was about to take a shot when something large rose up on their right. It was dark so they could not see much, but they were also too close to the thing around 300 meters max. Grass was not too tall so it appeared that it was either crouching without moving or laying, but once it rose it was clearly walking on two feet but it wasn't not a human. Dark fur, clearly canine features and glowing eyes. It looked them over and just walked away. They were frozen in place and my flatmate said he'd never been so scared in his life. They took of running, jumped into the car and drove away. His dad had another sighting of something similar while on patrol, but I don't remember that story well and unfortunately haven't bumped into the guy since.
story fascinated me, but I also remember that while telling this he was scared and guarded. This is not much at all, but hope someone finds this interesting. Believe it or not, I had a close encounter with what I can only describe as a leprechaun when I was a kid. I was out in the pasture, just enjoying a leisurely day, playing around and soaking in the peacefulness of the setting sun. As it began to set, I decided it was time to head back home. As I started up the hill towards the house, something caught my eye. There was a small leprechaun-like being sitting on the ground. I squinted, trying to make out the details in the dimming light, but it was undeniable there was a little man just sitting there on the ground. I stood there, frozen, simply staring at him. My mind was racing, trying to comprehend what my eyes were seeing. I was caught in this strange limbo between disbelief and fear, when suddenly my survival instincts kicked in. I turned and sprinted back to the house faster than I ever had before. The following day, curiosity got the better of me, and I ventured back out to the spot where I had seen the peculiar figure. Sure enough, the grass was all flattened where the little man had been sitting, a silent testimony to the previous day's encounter. I have to clarify that his clothes weren't the stereotypical bright green you'd associate with leprechauns. However, using the term, leprechaun was the easiest way to describe the being I saw. He was a small figure, sporting a beard and earth-toned clothes, and even had a small, pointy hat. That encounter remains one of the most surreal experiences of my life. In the deep heart of the forest, we hunters gathered around our campfire, the warmth of the flames licking our faces as we exchanged stories. Some were stories of glory, of triumphant hunts and epic battles with nature. Others were tales of terror and close calls that left us gasping for breath and grateful for another day alive. Then, without warning, our lights flickered and went out. The fire was the only source of light left, casting long, dancing shadows on our faces. The air was filled with a strange buzzing, like a swarm of a thousand bees, and a chill ran down my spine. Then came a growl. It was not the growl of a bear or a wolf, but something far more sinister. It was an eerie, guttural sound that made the hair on the back of my neck stand on end. A sense of dread washed over us, as palpable as the wave of putrid air that followed. The smell was nauseating, like rotting flesh, and we could only stare at each other, wide-eyed and silent in the glow of the dwindling fire. Then the silence was shattered by a bone-chilling shriek. It echoed around us, bouncing off the trees and rocks, and I could feel my blood run cold. I squinted into the darkness, straining to see what was making these horrific sounds. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw movement at the edge of the firelight. Slowly, a figure emerged. It was tall, incredibly tall, and pale, almost glowing in the flickering firelight. Its eyes were red and devoid of any mercy, staring at us with an intensity that made my heart pound in my chest. Its body looked twisted like a human frame that had been broken 
and haphazardly put back together. It was a sight that seemed to be torn straight out of a nightmare. Then everything went black. I woke up the next morning, the sun's rays filtering through the trees. The others were waking up around me, their faces pale and eyes wide with fear. We were all terrified, and the sense of being watched, of being hunted, lingered in the air. We all remembered the same thing, the creature, the growls, the shriek. It was a horrifying encounter that had seared itself into our memories, a night of terror that we would never forget. I was once canoeing the boundary waters between Minnesota and Canada. These aren't your normal backyard ponds. The boundary waters are thousands of enormous lakes interconnected with each other, think many Great Lakes. We had been canoeing and camping along the lakes for about a week at this point. We didn't really have an itinerary, just planned to boat and camp, fish, and live off the land two weeks. We had a GPS and a sat phone to call a helicopter for pickup whenever we were done. Anyway, about a week in, and we were set to canoe a few hours to the next lake. An hour or so in, and we are in the center of an extremely long and narrow lake. Unfortunately, a storm started to blow in, and the waves on the lake swelled to two-plus feet. Too much for our dinky canoes. We pull off to a random clearing on the shore and set up camp in rush to avoid being totally thrashed by a rainstorm. We just set up camp and hunker down for the night. By the next morning, it had cleared up. We started walking up the coast of the lake about 200 feet from our camp, looking for a good fishing spot. What we actually found was another campsite. However, it was absolutely wrecked. Trash strewn everywhere, tent collapsed and torn, clothes on the ground. At first, we were just like disgusted like what assholes did this or left their shit out to be bare food. The more we looked around, though, the weirder things seemed, though. For one, their garbage was still hoisted into a tree to keep it safe from bears, but the whole bag was ripped open despite being 30 feet in the air. Second, literally everything except the canoes were still at the campsite. Clothes, packs, food, rope, pans, like a serious set of hiking equipment. Enough for two or three people, Half of it was trashed and torn open, mostly the packs, tent, and clothes. The other half was totally untouched, but thrown on the ground, like somebody noped the hell out of there in nothing, but their long johns ditching hundreds of dollars of gear in the process. We waited a couple hours and eventually called it back to our helicopter crew, but they hadn't been aware of anybody else or gotten any distress calls. We eventually just left everything and moved camp. Everybody was pretty upset by it, and a day or two later, we ended the whole trip early because it seemed like nobody wanted to be out anymore. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. First thought was bear attack, but there was food left uneaten, and I've seen bear attacks on camps before, but nothing like this. Bears rip open packs and go after food, and are generally pretty easy to scare away. What still sticks with me is why all their clothes and packs were still there with half being totally destroyed and half being untouched. I still don't get it. 
I've done a lot of other camping and hiking, rafting and biking, all around the country, and I've never had any other weird experiences like that. I have always been fascinated by tales of creatures that lurk in the depths of the ocean or rivers. So when I came across a story about a cryptid from Greenland, I was immediately intrigued. The creature was described as a large rodent-like creature, similar in form to a rat or mouse, but with a long and sharp tail made of steel or iron. According to the legend, the creature would swim underwater sneaking up on boats and ships and using its sharp tail to poke holes in them, causing them to sink. Once the ships were submerged, the creature would feast on the humans aboard. As terrifying as the tale was, it only became more frightening when I learned that it was often told to children to scare them into staying inside at night. The thought of this creature lurking beneath the waves, waiting to attack unsuspecting victims, sent shivers down my spine. But the story didn't end there. There was also a tale of a little girl and her father who were leaving Greenland on separate ships as the ships separated passengers by sex. The little girl arrived safely on land, but soon heard the terrible news that her father's ship had been sunk by the cryptid. As I delved deeper into the story, I found myself becoming more and more obsessed with this mysterious creature. I scoured the internet for any information I could find, but to no avail. It was as if the creature had vanished into thin air. Despite my frustration, I couldn't shake the feeling that there was more to the story than what was being told. Perhaps there were others who had encountered the creature and had their own tales to share. And maybe, just maybe, I could be the one to uncover the truth about this elusive cryptid. So I live in a town in the Blue Mountains, Australian, a place known for Yowie and Panther sightings, and I have heard strange calls coming from the nearby bush before. So a few months ago, I was riding my bike on some old fire trails, and I just felt really strange all of a sudden, but I kept going. So first, I went by a sewage treatment facility and felt really of like something was watching me. Then I went down a hill and decided to go down to some nearby waterfalls. As I was going down to the falls, I again felt really of and worried I then saw two guys walking by and I stopped and looked around and felt this overwhelming dread come over me. So I decided to book it back up the hill and I could hear cracking from the bush and I kept looking behind me, but there was nothing there. I've heard of drug addicts that live down in that area of town, but they usually camp deep in the bush and don't really come out. I've also heard of a Yowie that lives in the area called Fat Foot, but as far as I know, no one has seen him in years. Since then, I haven't really been down those fire trails, but there was another one where I also felt off. Anyone know what it could be? I couldn't believe it when I heard the news about Larry Doyle Sanders. I've known him for years, and while he's always been a little eccentric, I never thought he was capable of something like this. 
It all started with a fishing trip. Larry and his friend Jimmy Knighton went noodling on the South Canadian River last Saturday. I wasn't there, but I heard from others that something went wrong. A confrontation occurred, and Jimmy didn't make it out alive. When authorities questioned Larry about what happened, his story was even more bizarre than anyone could have imagined. He claimed that Jimmy was planning to feed him to Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. According to the affidavit obtained by the Oklahoman, Larry said that Jimmy intended to feed him to Sasquatch Bigfoot. Larry believed that Jimmy was trying to escape so that Sasquatch could eat him. He couldn't let that happen, so he punched and struck Jimmy with a stick, and they fought on the ground for an extended period of time. It's hard to know what to believe. Did Larry really think Jimmy was trying to feed him to Sasquatch? Or was it just an excuse for his violent behavior? Either way, it's a tragic situation. Jimmy's body was found in the river the next day, and Larry has been arrested and charged with first-degree murder. I can't imagine what Jimmy's family is going through right now, and I'm sure Larry's family is in shock as well. It's a reminder that we never really know what someone is capable of and how quickly a seemingly innocent situation can turn deadly. Sorry if add a ton of unnecessary details, but I don't know what is or is not relevant or important. Also, I am unsure if this was a cryptic or black magic. This is my mom's encounter from the 60s when my mom was 15. I can't ask her really specific details because she hates talking about this encounter. When my mom was 15, she went with her aunt, aunt's friend, and two of her cousins to a small town near Cartagena, Colombia. They stayed with her other aunt, who apparently was into black magic, her son. My mom emphasized how she believed that Aunt's son should have murders her if he had the chance. Black Magic Aunt also had a black cat that my mother described as strange and demonic. They stayed with her Black Magic Aunt for three days. On the second day, my mom, her normal aunt, and Aunt's friend decided to punch holes into an old box, trap the cat, and put it on a car leading straight to Cartagena. That night, they had their encounter. My mom said shortly after the sun set, the house started to shake. It shook with such force that she believed that house would collapse. Her cousins were asleep before the house began to shake but her aunt and aunt's friend were awake. The three of them cowered in fear for hours. My mom managed to fall asleep because prayed the rosary while focusing on a Mary statue in her math class. In the morning after the house stoked shaking normal aunt and aunt's friend woke my mom and her cousins rushed them to a cab with their luggage and left before magic aunt or her son awoke. My mom has told this story thousands of time, and I believe it to be 100% true. I'm curious about what she encounters that night and want to learn more about it. Any info will be greatly appreciated. I know it sounds like black magic, but that cat makes me wonder.
Also, my mom did put food and water in the box, as well as tell the driver about the cat, and to let it out when they reached the city. I still remember the eerie feeling I had that night. It was dark, and my friend and I were walking to the service station just five minutes away from my house. We were talking about the Australian Skinner Boys, also known as the NSW Body Snatchers, when I warned my friend not to look into the trees or acknowledge anything strange. After grabbing some food, we decided to hang around the park for a bit. But as it started to get dark, we knew we had to make our way back. The paddock was almost right in front of my house, and I was familiar with the goats and horse that lived there but I noticed there were no cows. Little did I know that was about to become important. As we were walking, we suddenly heard a screeching noise that sounded like a cow being attacked. I was unsure if I was hallucinating, so I turned to my friend and asked if she had heard it too. She confirmed that she did, and that's when I knew we had to stay calm and quietly make our way to the front of my house. I could feel the anxiety rising within us as we walked, the feeling of being watched looming over us. This wasn't the first time this had happened to us. We had encountered a small snake that turned into a feral dog and chased us back to my house before. It seemed like we were always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Finally, we made it to the front of the house and breathed a sigh of relief. The rest of the night was spent with us feeling uneasy, but luckily nothing else happened. Looking back on that night, I realized how important it was to stay calm and not make any sudden movements. It's always better to be safe than sorry, especially when it comes to encounters with unknown creatures. When I was 13, 14, me and my friends would sneak out and go hang out with our boyfriends out in the middle of nowhere. We lived basically in the middle of nowhere, so going to random backroads was pretty much our only option for having fun. We would go to this place called the locals called the tunnel. It was just a dirt road with tall trees and overgrown willows on both sides. It was very secluded, so we would go there to drink beer, smoke weed, and make out with our boyfriends. They would always tell us spooky stories of a large black dog that would chase their car every time they went down there at night. They said one time they went there during the day and the saw the dog dead and mangled on the side of the road. The next time they went back at night, the black dog was alive and well and chasing after their car again. I knew they were just telling us these stories to scare us, and I wasn't sure if I really believed them, since I had came down to this place with them a few times, and I had never seen the black dog. One night around one or two in the morning, we were sitting in our friend's car in the tunnel. We had all been drinking and smoking weed, we were all joking and laughing when suddenly the driver whispers, What is that up there? I looked and didn't see anything, so I replied, There's nothing up there. Your eyes are playing tricks on you. No, seriously, there's something in the road up there, he replies. 
The guy sitting in the passenger seat agrees and says he sees something too. The driver puts the car in drive and starts slowly rolling forward and a figure emerges from the dark. A man in shorts is standing in the middle of the road watching us drive towards him. This is a dirt road in the middle of nowhere at two in the morning on a very cold fall night and this man is standing in the road wearing nothing but shorts, not even shoes on, just shorts. What the F is he doing? The driver says as he pushes on the brakes and stops the car. We all stare for a moment at this man just staring at us. His eyes were glowing like a deer's eyes do in headlights. I've never seen a person's eyes glow like that before. We all start freaking out and then the driver says F this and starts driving forward fast. The man just keeps staring at us until we get about 10 feet away and then he just calmly walks to the side of the road and vanishes. There was nowhere for him to go. There was six feet tall fences with willows overgrown over the fence making the barrier at least 10 feet tall. No human man could have cleared all of that. I still can't explain it to this day. I couldn't believe it when I heard the news about Larry Doyle Sanders. I've known him for years, and while he's always been a little eccentric, I never thought he was capable of something like this. It all started with a fishing trip. Larry and his friend Jimmy Knighton went noodling on the South Canadian River last Saturday. I wasn't there, but I heard from others that something went wrong. A confrontation occurred, and Jimmy didn't make it out alive. When authorities questioned Larry about what happened, his story was even more bizarre than anyone could have imagined. He claimed that Jimmy was planning to feed him to Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. According to the affidavit obtained by the Oklahoman, Larry said that Jimmy intended to feed him to Sasquatch Bigfoot. Larry believed that Jimmy was trying to escape so that Sasquatch could eat him. He couldn't let that happen, so he punched and struck Jimmy with a stick, and they fought on the ground for an extended period of time. It's hard to know what to believe. Did Larry really think Jimmy was trying to feed him to Sasquatch? Or was it just an excuse for his violent behavior? Either way, it's a tragic situation. Jimmy's body was found in the river the next day, and Larry has been arrested and charged with first-degree murder. I can't imagine what Jimmy's family is going through right now, and I'm sure Larry's family is in shock as well. It's a reminder that we never really know what someone is capable of, and how quickly a seemingly innocent situation can turn deadly. Sorry if add a ton of unnecessary details, but I don't know what is or is not relevant or important. Also, I am unsure if this was a cryptic or black magic. This is my mom's encounter from the 60s when my mom was 15. I can't ask her really specific details because she hates talking about this encounter. When my mom was 15, she went with her aunt, aunt's friend, and two of her cousins to a small town near Cartagena, Colombia. They stayed with her other aunt, 
who apparently was into black magic, her son. My mom emphasized how she believed that Ant's son should have murders her if he had the chance. Black magic Ant also had a black cat that my mother described as strange and demonic. They stayed with her black magic Ant for three days. On the second day, my mom, her normal Ant, and Ant's friend decided to punch holes into an old box, trap the cat, and put it on a car leading straight to Cartagena. That night they had their encounter. My mom said shortly after the sun set the house started to shake. It shook with such force that she believed that house would collapse. Her cousins were asleep before the house began to shake, but her aunt and aunt's friend were awake. The three of them cowered in fear for hours. My mom managed to fall asleep because prayed the rosary while focusing on a Mary statue in her math class. In the morning after the house stoked shaking normal aunt and aunt's friend woke my mom and her cousins rushed them to a cab with their luggage and left before magic aunt or her son awoke. My mom has told this story thousands of times and I believe it to be 100% true. I'm curious about what she encounters that night and want to learn more about it. Any info will be greatly appreciated. I know it sounds like black magic, but that cat makes me wonder. Also, my mom did put food and water in the box, as well as tell the driver about the cat and to let it out when they reached the city. I still remember the eerie feeling I had that night. It was dark and my friend and I were walking to the service station just five minutes away from my house. We were talking about the Australian Skinner Boys, also known as the NSW Body Snatchers, when I warned my friend not to look into the trees or acknowledge anything strange. After grabbing some food, we decided to hang around the park for a bit. But as it started to get dark, we knew we had to make our way back. The paddock was almost right in front of my house, and I was familiar with the goats and horse that lived there, but I noticed there were no cows. Little did I know that was about to become important. As we were walking, we suddenly heard a screeching noise that sounded like a cow being attacked. I was unsure if I was hallucinating, so I turned to my friend and asked if she had heard it too. She confirmed that she did. And that's when I knew we had to stay calm and quietly make our way to the front of my house. I could feel the anxiety rising within us as we walked, the feeling of being watched looming over us. This wasn't the first time this had happened to us. We had encountered a small snake that turned into a feral dog and chased us back to my house before. It seemed like we were always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Finally, we made it to the front of the house and breathed a sigh of relief. The rest of the night was spent with us feeling uneasy, but luckily nothing else happened. Looking back on that night, I realized how important it was to stay calm and not make any sudden movements. It's always better to be safe than sorry, especially when it comes to encounters with unknown creatures. When I was 13-14 me and my friends would sneak out 
and go hang out with our boyfriends out in the middle of nowhere. We lived basically in the middle of nowhere, so going to random backroads was pretty much our only option for having fun. We would go to this place called the locals called the tunnel. It was just a dirt road with tall trees and overgrown willows on both sides. It was very secluded, so we would go there to drink beer, smoke weed, and make out with our boyfriends. They would always tell us spooky stories of a large black dog that would chase their car every time they went down there at night. They said one time they went there during the day and the saw the dog dead and mangled on the side of the road. The next time they went back at night, the black dog was alive and well and chasing after their car again. I knew they were just telling us these stories to scare us, and I wasn't sure if I really believed them, since I had came down to this place with them a few times, and I had never seen the black dog. One night around one or two in the morning, we were sitting in our friend's car in the tunnel. We had all been drinking and smoking weed. We were all joking and laughing when suddenly the driver whispers, What is that up there? I looked and didn't see anything so I replied, There's nothing up there, your eyes are playing tricks on you. No, seriously, there's something in the road up there, he replies. The guy sitting in the passenger seat agrees and says he sees something too. The driver puts the car in drive and starts slowly rolling forward and a figure emerges from the dark. A man in shorts is standing in the middle of the road watching us drive towards him. This is a dirt road in the middle of nowhere at two in the morning on a very cold fall night, and this man is standing in the road wearing nothing but shorts, not even shoes on, just shorts. What the F is he doing? The driver says as he pushes on the brakes and stops the car. We all stare for a moment at this man just staring at us. His eyes were glowing like a deer's eyes do in headlights. I've never seen a person's eyes glow like that before. We all start freaking out and then the driver says F this and starts driving forward. Fast. The man just keeps staring at us until we get about 10 feet away. And then he just calmly walks to the side of the road and vanishes. There was nowhere for him to go. There was six feet tall fences with willows overgrown over the fence, making the barrier at least ten feet tall. No human man could have cleared all of that. I still can't explain it to this day.